I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello there. I hope you're enjoying another Stella Ramble Meets. Pete here. You might know who I am. Uh, just a note uh, to say, if you are listening to this on the Thursday, the 26th of September, we are playing Hackney Empire tonight. Tickets available right now from ramblelive.com. Come down, bring your friends. We're going to have a right old giggle. Welcome to Fantasy Five Aside on Football Ramble Daily. I'm Jim Campbell, and today I'm joined by actor, Pod Bible Magazine bigwig, rapper, poet, record company mogul, and all-round legend in the podcast game, Scroobius Pip. Pip, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. It's, it's a delight to have you on. How's it all going? It's good. It's good. It's lovely to be here. Um, I'm, I'm sure you find this a lot, but I think one of the reasons that specifically themed podcasts are often gold is that mm. people are excited to talk about things that aren't just the things they have to talk about Absolutely. in all their promo in every how did it start out how yeah, did your yeah. music career start how did acting and all that kind of thing so yeah, yeah it's always good when it's like oh football or MMA or wrestling yeah. or anything else yeah I'll talk about all of them things I, I, pr- I do this for a living and one of my favourite podcasts I've ever done was about crisps yeah. in exactly the same way just a chance to be sort of nerdy about something and really sort of uh, to get into the to the weeds of it so just for those of you listening if you've not heard the show before uh, what, what's going to happen here is I'm going to ask Pip um, what his fantasy five-a-side team would be uh, it's, it's players from, from any era who whoever he wants and then uh, he gets one extra player as well that's not a footballer just have some company really yeah. so um, yeah so you're a Millwall supporter is that right? I am yes and, 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 and had, so you're from Essex originally is that right as, as I am? I'm from Essex but my family are all from South London right so that explains so that's, that that's where it comes from I've been going Millwall since I think we figured out since I was five or six at wow. the old den and then at the new den and obviously it's a, it's a weird one with Millwall because it's what we're mainly known for is the the negative stuff. Yeah. Yet they've always been a club that have had the family enclosure. And when I used to go as a kid, they'd have pre-match and half-time entertainment in the family enclosure. There'd be literally some ropey old clown or some people doing a Punch (laughs) and Judy type thing in the ground, in the, in, 
on yeah on the terraces. So was that some, was the reputation that Millwall have something you were aware of externally, or did you did you notice it in the ground? Was it a sort of surprise to you when you heard how Millwall were sort of viewed? It's kind of like all things. I heard about it first from the people complaining about the people complaining. Right. As with everything, like yes. I will always hear about new movements in trans rights from s- silly transphobic yes. people who are furious about trans rights, yes. rather than from my trans friends who just. Getting on with with their lives, yeah, exactly. So, I'd hear at Millwall that we all that the press always give us a bad rub of things, this and that. So I'd hear that kind of angle of it. But then, you know, it's one of them. I'm really, I think it's important to not get defensive, which clubs and fans can do a lot. Millwall have had loads of really unfair press over Mm -hmm. the years, but we've also had racism, and it's it's it's. It's an interesting one. It's uh, I remember when Sky did a. It was five or six years ago, I think it was. Sky did an undercover camera thing, and they they had footage of one fan being racist at Millwall, and the Millwall fans all came out and said, "Come on, it's one fan. Mm. There's thousands of us. None, none, no one else is." Blah blah. My outlook was. That's great. If you could send undercover people every time, then we could get rid of all of yeah. the daft. Right? I'd rather we get rid of them all and address it. Like. I think it's really overlooked that Millwall were the first club to reach or to complete the full kick it out uh, yes. program. And again, you can equally argue it's maybe because we needed it the most. But it's great that as a club, we have been taking action and have done for, for years. And you see it more and more on the terraces again. I remember as a kid hearing stuff that I wouldn't have known was unacceptable, mm. homophobic stuff, racist stuff. But, uh, you know, every every football ground as well in that era. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's good to see it seems to be, be being pushed away. I always remember a, a, another one in the sun that was... And, again, it's one that Millwall fans always uh, use. It's like there will be a genuine small problem and we'll use a big fake problem as an excuse. And it's like, well, no, we need to address it. Mm. But... but but, but it was a, 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 a Sun journalist who went undercover um, at Millwall and he reported that he saw the fans doing Nazi salutes and chanting Sea Kyle, mm. which is, I read that, I was like, that's disgusting. I've never seen that at Millwall. That's sh- shocking. It was then researched more and they they retracted it because what it was, was uh, we were playing Brighton mm. and the Brighton fans were chanting Seagulls Oh, wow. And doing a point, as you do at football, seagulls, seagulls. And he, this reporter wrote that as Millwall fans chanting Seagull and doing a Nazi salute. That's quite different, isn't it? It's massively different. And that's terrible. That's uh, jumping on the reputation that we, again, possibly deserved in our time. But equally, it doesn't then excuse every time there is a problem. No, absolutely Do you know not. what I mean? And I think that becomes the problem with Millwall fans, or, or football fans, sorry, not specifically yeah. Millwall fans. Well, it's that tribal nature, isn't it? It's this the defensive exactly. uh, nature you get of that. so quickly defensive and so attacking of other people. Uh, I remember when, I can't remember, there was a racist thing recently at another club, and the response from the fans was, you know, I see that kind of thing at Chelsea all the time. No, oh, no, actually... It was a Millwall one from last season. And someone said, I've seen the same at Chelsea and things like that. And my response was, I don't care. I'm not a Chelsea fan. I'm a Millwall fan. Well, quite. I want to address it as a Millwall fan. Mm. It's If Chelsea have got a problem as well, or or Fulham or anyone else, I'm not attacking Chelsea there. If anyone else has got a problem, then that's that's their problem. But if we've got a problem, then we need to address that. And uh, yeah, and that's where it starts, isn't it? Each club has to take responsibility. So, um, with that in mind, obviously you are I took player it straight, manager. Straight onto a big racism discussion. Well, didn't yeah, I? That's, out, yeah. Out of nowhere. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine. This actually, there's never been a time where this is more important. So, at mm. any point um, that we end up talking about that, that is fine with me. Yeah. Um, but you are player manager of your own team here. So, yes. what sort of role will you will you be playing in that team? Um, well, I wish that there was an opportunity to rage quit actual football games as I do in <laughs> Championship Manager. Um, again, m- my biggest addiction over the years has been ch- Championship Manager and then f- and then mm. Football Manager. Um, I stopped for years and years and years because g- genuinely I'd lose days a, a oh, week. Yeah. It's, it's not an exaggeration to say that the way I describe it is I would forget I was alive. 
which sounds stupid, but I wouldn't. I'd get to the end of the day and go, "Oh, I haven't eaten, yeah, or I haven't drunk I anything." Remember so that feeling. That's genuinely forgetting that you're alive. Yeah. That's forgetting that you're an organism that needs that you're not part of the light. game. Yeah, yeah. And and again, I'd find myself in my in my football manager or champ man days. It's the most I ever read the sports sections in mm. newspapers because I'd be doing real life r- research for my f- fictional game that I'm playing. Yeah. I'd be looking at, oh, you know, this game I've just started the season. It's six months ago. Who's come up in the last six months? Who's a good youngster yeah. that I can snap up that no one <laughs> who's been good this season yeah. that no one was expecting? In three seasons' to. time, which is probably about two days in real world time, then he'll be banging him in for me. And again, I in those days I had the luck of obviously always choosing Millwall, but, mm. but Millwall had Cherno Samba, who's one of the iconic championship manager yeah. players. So Did we ever, didn't Did you ever see him play in real life? No. I, oh, that's I, a shame. It, I saw Cherno sprayed in graffiti on a wall outside Millwall. And I know that he left because of some kind of yeah he he never really made it into the he he may have played played one or two when I was there but yeah he never really made it into the first team but Shame. iconic in on in my championship manager it's team a strange way to be iconic he's England's all time top goal scorer <laughs> <laughs> so so on on the on the pitch you know yes. who, where are you, where are you going to be slotting in obviously you're going to have your, your picks around you but are you are you, are you a dynamic midfielder or are you a tenacious defender I'd, I'd I'd like to think of myself as a skillful attacker, but I'm not. Yeah, I'd well, like to. Do. I think as a Millwall fan, we've always loved the 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 um, game running midfielder, the hard hard as nails midfielder. I'd like to think I'm that. I'm probably not. Essentially, I'm tall, so I'd probably be <laughs> a, a centre back coming up for corners. Yeah. That's about it. I'm tall and not that fast. Well, so they, yeah, then yeah, you go. don't go I'm anywhere a, away I'm, from that I'm area. a centre-back, I think. Yeah, you'll give goals away, as I do every <laughs> time I play. So um, who have you gone for for your goalkeeper? So for my goalkeeper, it's an interesting one because obviously the rules are that we can't pick more than two people from the same team. Obviously, yeah, my instinct was to pick five ex-Millwall players, indeed. but that would be boring for anyone who's not a Millwall fan. But there's a Millwall route that I've come to this player because I've chosen... Tim Howard. There's a Millwall connection to Tim Howard. Only through me, only through <laughs> my life. So essentially, my favourite goalkeeper of all time was Casey Keller. Yeah. Because he was the Millwall goalie. He was a metal fan. He, was, he had long hair, he had a mullet, he yeah. was American. Which was weird at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. And he wore trousers. Yep, he wore trousers. He did a lot in, of things in, differently. In one game when there was a pitch invasion, someone tried to take his shirt and he literally floored them. <laughs> Which wins over Millwall fans. Even yeah. though as a Millwall fan, he probably flawed. It wins you like he's hard. So I loved him, and then his place in the national team got taken by Tim Howard. Yes, and I was like, "Wow, who's this guy?" And then it turns out he's a metal fan. He's got a big beard. He's mm. everything I love. So yeah. I kind of, I then initially in that kind of, oh, I hate this guy. He's he's taken because again, Millwall don't have a lot of international players. No. So a Casey Keller was kind of a, oh, we've got someone that's away on the international break. This yeah. is exciting. So yeah, Tim kind of, he took his place. So, so I initially hated him. And then as a kid who grew up listening to punk and metal and stuff like that, and knowing that that era of football in particular was so R&B, mm. so cheesy oh God, yeah. outfits and all so, that. So like... I, I suppose the term now would be basic, but yeah. very sort of mainstream and just uncreative. 100%. And the thought of Tim Howard being the one in the dress room that's listening to Slayer or putting mm. on some kind of heavy metal or death metal. But I, th- I surely that's better yeah. to warm yourself up for a game. You know, to, you don't want you R&B. You, d- you want something up-tempo. And... Yeah, I mean, I would imagine his heart rate dropped massively during the games because he's a goalie. <laughs> so he's going to get all fired up in the dressing room and then... St- Stand around for potentially a lot of time, but yeah. yeah, he was a hell of a keeper at his at his uh, peak as well. That game yeah. in in the in the World Cup in 2014, I think he uh, he set a record for the most saves in a World Cup game. It's the game against Belgium, yeah, and it was just unbelievable. He scored a goal as yeah. well in his career, which I I love. And there's a real measure of Tim Howard that when he scored, it was it was against Bolton when he was playing for Everton in a camouflage kit, which amazing. You know, I don't I can understand why they've stopped doing that. But, um, but that that must be how he scored. Yeah, like they literally maybe, couldn't yeah. see him. He snuck up for a call. Well, it was it, no, it was from a it was from a goal it was kick. From a goal kick, yeah. Course, and it was yeah. uh, Adam Bogdan for Bolton in the other in the other goal. And I love this so much. Uh, Tim Howard didn't celebrate out of respect for Bogdan because of he he described it as a cruel oh, thing. Wicked. I thought yeah, that is a real yeah. measure of him and yeah. what a character he must be 
I love that. I love that. And I, I love players who have kind of a brief window of fame. And he is one of them. It's kind of, there was a, a, a few seasons where everyone knew who he was. He seemed to come out of nowhere and then kind of be middling. The, the, the keeper I had in before I chose Tim was a, a Fraser Forster. And the only mm. reason for that was the season before he got injured, I happened to be watching a lot of football that wasn't Millwall. Yeah. And, he put on some of the best goalkeeping displays I've ever seen in yeah. my life. I've not particularly followed him since. I looked him up and he's, I didn't know what club he was at. I didn't yeah. know he's not doing as good as all this kind of thing. But for that season, I was like, this is the best goal I've yeah, ever seen. And this is the thing. solution to England's problem where we'd never really replace Seaman or whoever else. He is a giant Fraser Force yeah. as well. Like Even among goalkeepers, he stands out as a big man. He's got an almost sort of Herman Munster yeah. size style quality to him. But yeah, he was. there was a time where he looked unbeatable. Unfortunately, I think he just sort of fell off a cliff form-wise a little bit. It happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think he got injured and then came back and wasn't quite there and then moved around clubs a little bit but, but he was was going to be my choice and I was like this is all based on the one season that I wasn't on tour so, so I happened to watch a decent yeah. amount of, <laughs> of of games that weren't Millwall games and I was like who is this guy he's the greatest key because he was oh, was he at Norwich at that originally uh, he was certainly been at Southampton oh no it was at Southampton it was the yeah. season that Southampton performed above all odds and then mm. all their players I went off to be in the best teams and, yeah. and things like that. It was was that was the, uh, that season, and everyone was talking about their goal scorers and their skillful players. Yet every match I was watching, I was like, "It's that guy at the back that's keeping that's mm. that's keeping the lights on here." So, what was it about Howard that gets him in over Forster for you? Um, it was. Um, I mean, I don't want to just go off the beard, but um, it, <laughs> it, it was partly the beard, and yet it was the memory of the fact that. One of my favourite things from when I was doing music was playing festivals because you have to win the crowd over. Mm. They're coming in not caring who you are and you've got to win them over. And I think you you gain some of your biggest fans in that situation because it's not just that it was... It, or it wasn't an open goal as such. Yes. And I think that it's was Quite it. literally a huge yeah. platform. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that was it, it with Tim Howard. The fact that my initial reaction was like, who's this idiot who's ruined the god of Casey <laughs> Keller and taken his, his international, removed any international glory from Millwall? And then he won me over because he, as you said, he played some am- amazing games internationally and, and in the league and just, yeah, he was a metaler. So he did. that also, pushed him ahead for me. Bizarrely, he part owns Dagenham and Redbridge FC. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. That's, that's strange, local. That's isn't great. It? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another one. So moving on yes. uh, to your first outfield player. Um, yes. who, who, who have you got? Who's up? Um, it's Roberto Carlos. Oh, I'm, I'm excited about this. Um, so... I'm going to obviously I'm going to peek behind the curtain. I know I know who your picks are. Yeah. I've done my research, so I'm going to be peppering these with little uh, little facts. He's uh, he's number 22 in Real Madrid's all-time top scorers list with 71 goals, and it's like it's mad. Le- isn't it? Left back. It's a left back. It's insane. Yeah. yeah, I always remember watching the the analysis of an England game, and I can't remember how it was, but they were talking about strengths and weaknesses and they were talking about Glenn Johnson, who was close because he came and he, he was at Millwall as a youngster. Right. Um, so I've always liked him, but they summed it up perfectly because they said on the weaknesses, it was defending. Because <laughs> genuinely, it, that was his weak. Like, you know, he was yeah. good at it, but it was the rest of his game he was amazing at. And it's kind of similar with Roberto Carlos. It's like, it's his free kicks, it's his yeah. runs, it's his, specifically, it's his thighs oh, and his God. calves that... Yeah. That they, they are were 24 strips. inches, if yeah. wondering. I genuinely remember it was because obviously it was before smartphones and that. I was at school when Roberto Carlos was in the World Cup and all this kind of thing. And people were had pictures of his, like in magazines, things like that. Mm. Like, have you looked at Have you seen him? Have it's you one, seen this freak of nature? It's one of the first footballers I remember that he, he was being looked at as a specimen rather mm. than as a human or as a character. Yeah. It's like a racehorse. Where yeah. you, have you seen, look, he's wonderful. Because especially at that age, footballers, they are, they're the closest thing you're going to get to superheroes, yeah. really, in terms of how you view them. And that the, the almost novelty of Roberto Carlos's thighs was something that made you yeah. think, well, this is a guy to watch out for. But Interestingly, on the on the defensive side, he when he went to Inter, um, he very nearly signed for Villa as well before he went to Inter, which is oh, an amazing. Wow. Like I'd love to have a little peek into that dimension. Imagine um, that. I know, uh, but he um, 
Roy Hodgson wanted to play him on the wing because obviously when you look at the attributes Roberto Carlos has it makes all the sense in the world yeah. but he actually he refused and he wanted to stay at left back and that's that actually drove his move to Real Madrid which is fascinating interesting yeah because again you kind of there was the 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 Carragher thing a while back where he said to to, to Gary Neville was it that no one wants to be a, a a left back or a right yeah. back. No one's dreaming of being Gary Neville, and and it's like, it's true. You think it's generally, um, a wingers who've who've not made it and they've dropped back to become yeah. a defender. So the the it's beautiful, particularly someone who scores so much as him. You'd think mm. he's been awaiting his whole life for a manager to go. This is your this is is your chance at the more towards the front of the pack. Yeah. But I love that he's like no no, no I'm, I'm a defender. I like breaking it up as well because to be fair to him, he was a. He was a he was a hell of a defender as well. It's just yeah. that he did so many other things. It's sort of um, that's what you remember. I mean, I think there's a legitimate argument. He's the best left back to have ever played the game. Yeah, you know, it was almost someone who defines the the perfect way of playing that role. Because it is more a left side yeah. than a left back. Just that whole wing, that whole area is his. Yeah, and 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 again, that's that's kind of that's evident in him being in this team because again, supporting a team like Millwall, you're always going to have your heroes who are defenders you're yeah. going to have your Keith Stevens your Mick McCarthy all these kind of these centre backs these tough in the middle brawlers almost break someone's legs kind yeah. of thing from the old days your butchers and your kitchen like all that kind of era of player where they're 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 rough so the fact that a high goal scoring skillful left back has 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 taken that place is yeah it says a lot. Yeah. Do you, are you aware of his, his nickname? South American players have the greatest nicknames. I can't um, think. He, he, I've, I've only learned this recently. He was known as El, El Hombre Balia, which is the bullet man. Brilliant. They're, they're just better from South America, aren't they? Brilliant. It's perfect. I just, again, I just remember the... He's the first person I remember people being really excited and analysing his free kicks. Yes. Like, which is weird, because obviously there had been goal scorers but the the way he would put the the pace and the and the swerve mm. he would put on them prior to Beckham prior to 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 Ronaldo and yeah. all these kind of people I remember it being a real well no one can stop that yeah <laughs> like that that's is, not a, yeah. that's not possible it's as good as a penalty yeah I mean they, they clocked in at something like 120 miles an hour or yeah. some insane thing like that and also he had that technique and I don't know how players do this you know when when a ball has a like has a logo on it yeah um and on the slow motion, you can see that like the logo is not moving. Yeah. So it's like there's no spin on that. But how do you hit a? How do you make something move in that way with just your foot? I find yeah. that absolutely fascinating. And uh, the, the, there's obviously the very famous goal, yeah. um, the the Latournois goal, yes. where he bends it around the uh, around the wall, and Fabian Bartes doesn't even move. Yeah. My favourite bit about that goal is if you look at the replay. It goes so far out to the right that a ball boy actually ducks because he thinks it's going to hit him, and then it bends back in and goes in. It's just again. I remember at that point, pre-internet, all this coming, just the excitement of that mm. happening. It's like again, exactly as you're saying. People are like, I don't know how this is happening. Yeah. How can you make? How can you kick it that way, and then it comes back? Yeah. This way, at such an extreme angle I, and exaggerated. I wonder if even he knows yeah. how, how he did that. Because um, he scored a goal that's referred to as the impossible goal as well. And it's not that one. Uh, there's one he scored that was pretty much from the corner flag. Yeah. That, and it, I like to think it's deliberate. It certainly looks deliberate. Yeah. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't seem to be crossing. But you look at that goal and it's like, how, how has that gone in? I think it was against Tenerife. Tenerife, if anyone uh, wants to look that up, we yeah. want to see it later. It's phenomenal. I'll have to to give that a look. But again, there was, there's some, and it's kind of, it's a bit of bro science, uh, but there's a quote that people say about bumblebees, how um, scientifically their size, their body shape and size and mass versus their wings, they shouldn't scientifically be able to fly, but the bumblebee just doesn't know that. So it flies. <laughs> and it feels like that. It's yeah. like, you shouldn't be able to do that with a ball, but no, yeah. but no one's told Roberto Carlos, so <laughs> he just does it. And again, yeah. if someone sat down scientifically and went, here's why it doesn't work, it might have broken it. Yeah. I imagine the ball itself was in some sort of existential crisis in the net. <laughs> exactly. What the hell so became self-aware just to go, what? I thought I was going into the stands and being replaced. This is, <laughs> I'm suddenly, what's going on? I'm suddenly uh, famous. So moving on from Roberto Carlos, things yes. get a little bit more industrious yes. here, shall we say. Yeah, well, I thought if I'm going to have, and again, he was a hard tackler still and all that, but I thought if I'm going to have such a flamboyant defender in my kind of centre midfield, I need someone who can 
kick anyone really hard. And it's a Terry Herlock, Millwall legend, um, completely from the era that I started going in the in the the, the mid eighties into the nineties. Yeah, and he had a. I've got pictures of me with him as a kid. I've got them on my phone. Probably I'll find them later. Um, and he had a curly mullet, as people did. Yeah, a, f- a face that l- looks like he's been in a lot of clashes, and he was just. Yeah, just hard as nails. He looks like a man who was kicked out of Iron Maiden for fighting too much. Yeah, yeah, completely. Maybe it was scared Eddie, so I didn't want to have him around. Only man I've ever seen get a standing ovation for a red card. <laughs> um, so he, he in in the kind of 89, 90 kind of season, we had Herlock, we had Mick McCarthy, we had Cascarino, we had Sheringham. A lot of those players started to get get picked up, and yeah. Herlock was all skillful, but all hard as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so so Herlock got picked up, and he had a good a few seasons at Rangers, and did great. And then towards the end of his career, he came back, and his first game back at the Den, he got sent off in four minutes. Yes, and just standing ovation. It was just like <laughs> welcome, welcome back. back, Terry. <laughs> welcome back. And again, I know it's a it's perpetuating the Millwall myth of of violence and roughness, but it was a beautiful thing because he was of that era yeah. where, and it was at that time when football was changing. And if you're in the lower leagues, you're looking at the Premiership or the top division mm. or whatever, and going, "Oh, it's all gone fancy. It's all it's all they're the yeah. diving and this and that." So to have a flashback from our own fairly recent history, mm. just come back and just go, this is how you do a tackle. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real, <laughs> it's something to win the fans over, isn't it? But I remember, not really comparable, but I suppose there are parallels. I support Arsenal and when yeah. Matthew Flamini came back for his second spell at the club, his first game was against Spurs and he just, I forget, it might have been Jermaine Genus, maybe it was a bit later than that, but he, he just clattered into somebody like straight away, just as if to go, hey yeah. guys, I'm back. And do you think it was a similar thing that just he, yeah. you know, misjudged it a bit? Completely. And again, I think with Millwall, the thing that you need to do to win over the fans is to care. Mm. And that's literally it. We've had some amazingly skillful players that the fans just haven't got on board with over the years. I always remember Steve Morrison when he was first at the club. The fans just weren't getting on board. And he was a Mm. good player, he was scoring goals. But there was a new season started and he started to chase down every ball. And he started, if the keeper had it, he'd run... You know the run that's just to make them kick it. You're never going to get it, but it's just... He started to do that, and that was the season he got over with the fans because it was like, oh, he cares. And that's that's all we really want as Millwall fans. We want you to bleed for the badge mm. kind of thing really care what about you're doing in, it, I suppose any team yeah. where you're against the odds in a, in a lot of your games which I imagine is the case for Millwall you know fairly regularly yeah. that is yeah, they course. are representing you and your your hope and your 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 ambition I suppose yeah. aren't well, they? I mean with the ultimate underdogs in that way and that's what that's what they love so again it, it is that beautiful thing of and it also means that anytime we're playing a bigger team and there's a skillful player you get a hard tackling against that player and you're going to be God, I, I remember I was at, uh, um, I was in Cardiff at the Millennium Stadium when Millwall got to the the FA Cup final against Man United in two thousand and five. I think it was. Uh, it was gutting that Wembley was being rebuilt at yeah. that point, so we didn't have the final at Wembley mm. moment. But I always remember that that they beat us. I think they beat us five nil. Um, we had a far far better time than any of them of the United fans. But just watching player manager. D- 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 Dennis Wise, yeah, put his arms round Cristiano Ronaldo, a young Ronaldo, <laughs> and see him looking over at the ref, almost in tears, like, "What am I meant to do?" Yeah, and not getting anything. Yeah, just had us all in tears of laughter. Oh. He'd then score, and we'd still be like, "Ah, but still, <laughs> he's proper annoyed, isn't it? He? he doesn't yeah. know what to do about this." That's hilarious. <laughs> um, I I found a, a really strange little nugget from uh, Terry Warlock's past, as he was apparently affectionately known. Yes, um, he had a spell at Brentford, as I'm sure you know, and. Uh, he featured in a midfield with Chris Kamara and Stan Bowles. Wow. What a strange coming together of players at the beginning and the end of their careers. That yeah. just, that is, I'm, I can't get my head around that even now. I love that when there's that generational snapshot. Yeah. It's kind of, here's who's coming, here's who's going, and there's that, yeah. And what a mix of characters as well. Yeah. Just love it. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We are going to go for a little bit of a step up in quality now. How dare um, you, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you know what? I've got a little quote about, about um, Terry, Terry Herlock that I yes. think we'll, we'll just enjoy first. Um, it was, I think this was in a, in a Millwall um, um, match day program or something like that. The question was, what's your favourite animal? And uh, Neil Ruddock's answer was Terry Herlock. <laughs> uh, which, <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. That's perfect. Yeah. So, sorry, moving on yes. again. Who, who have you got um, pulling the strings in the middle? So, uh, I had to kind of think of... It's, it's at this point, I mean, I think that everyone's genuine f- 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 favourite player in the world or of all time is a midfielder. I don't think it's attackers. I don't think it's defenders. I think it's always a skillful midfielder. And mm. you've got you've got your Ronaldo, you, you've got your Beckham, you've got your Ronaldinho, all, all of these. I think they're the players that really spark it off because they're the ones that have those moments of just just magic. Yeah. So I had to pick one of them and I went for uh, Zinedine Zidane. Zizou. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I mean... He really was a breathtaking player, wasn't he, Zidane? Truly. I feel like um, we've, we did a, a profile on him a long time ago that people really, really loved a lot. And I, one of the things I remember thinking around the time of, of sort of researching um, the ins and outs of Zidane's career was that, you know, every player has its talismanic or every generation has its talismanic player where yeah. they're the best in the world and we're spoiled now because we have pro- possibly yeah. the two greatest players of all time but yeah. you know before Zidane was ours you know he was our generation's top guy and it, and he was a and what a joy of a player he was he had that glide you know just uh, and the, the, I think the real top players they look like they're almost floating just above the pitch and and also you know with his hair and the fact that you know the, the double the double Z you know just yeah. like every I think sort of theatre matters in in, in terms of footballers being characters, especially at the really elite level. And, and because Zidane, he arrived kind of late in the game, in a sense, not that he arrived late in the game, but his profile, getting yep. to the level it was, by the time most of us were aware of him, because, as you say, there wasn't so much media at the time, he was the finished article already, and it was just like, oh my God, this guy is something else. And he's just so iconic, before you even look at the incredible, incredible skill he had on the pitch. And the the, the thing that was partly exciting, again, maybe it's the kind of underdog thing that I love, is it seemed against the odds he didn't have the look of a Ronaldo or mm. a Messi he's, he had that that kind of Matthew Letizia thing of that yeah. you'd look at him and go he's not going to be the skillful yeah. amazing far out goal yeah. player and then how's that is. guy got out the stands and onto the pitch yeah look and, at his hair and and I always remember hearing a quote about uh, Zidane because again it's what really it's what got him in this spot basically it made him Beat away all the other. I was, I was, I was looking at your Zolas and and Janino even just all these players who had those moments in the UK that were amazing. Yeah. But being a Millwall fan again, the fact that it's not that we've ever been flair alone doesn't impress. And I remember reading the. Or I think it was in in the 
in the Zidane film, maybe, but they were saying how they compared his approach to parkour. And the point mm. of parkour is that it's not to be fl- flashy. It's to look at the most efficient way to get from point A to point B. Mm. R- removing all boundaries. If you could do anything, you wouldn't walk around this corner and go over there. You'd just go over this, under that, mm. through that. And that was Zidane's out- outlook, it seemed. He didn't do flashy stuff for, f- for flashy sake. He's in the corner... If he goes left, the defender could get him. If he goes right, the defender could get him. The logical way is to chip it over his own head, yeah. D- drop his shoulder one way, go the other way, like all this yeah. mad stuff. It, it all. And then when you know that, you watch any of his highlights. It's like it's all functional. Yeah, there's no extra flair there. It's all really functional. It's like if there's flair, it's to distract you and to make you go. I'm going over here. I'm not. I'm going over there. And that just put him on an, another level for mm. me it didn't seem like some arrogant blessed by god player who's no. showing off it he, felt like he's yeah. going no i need i need to get past all these people here's how i'm going to do it and he was known is, as as being a very as a real team player wasn't he yeah. which is actually you know a kind of rare thing for somebody so so gifted and who is known for, for, for skill more than anything else yeah and then and then if you like if uh, the other fear was how would all these players play together? And then, you know, he ended his career b- by headbutting someone. Yeah. He's going to get on with everyone in, yeah. the, in, 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 in this harder team. We've got a, a hard defender. We've got a hard goalie. We've got a hard midfielder. Have, have you got a worry that maybe Zidane and Herlock are going to crash uh, clash in, in training or, I think or pre-game? Hit, I think they'd hit it off over a pint. Imagine. Yeah. I really genuinely think they'd have a wonderful time of just... Again, it's that thing of... If they're on your side, like yeah. Millwall, I, I'm certain Millwall hated the, Dennis Wise until mm. he was our Dennis yeah, Wise, yeah. and then we loved him dearly. And it's this, there's so many players are like that. Joey Barton comes to mind as yes. one of those players over the years that every one at any club other than his hates him. As yeah. soon as he's at your club, you're like, oh, he's good, isn't he? Mm. He fires them up and yeah. he's skillful and he's clever and this and that. It's, I think it'd be that. I think yeah. Herlock would be like, no, he's ours. I think they'd probably be, after a little while, they'd be like sort of just, you know, like a lot of players have handshakes now, like sort yeah. of bespoke handshakes. <laughs> they'd just be headbutting each other as a greeting and it's sort of, it would be the unstoppable <laughs> force and the immovable object just yeah. colliding in midair. I that, love as that'd well. That would be their goal celebration. They'd just <laughs> run from the, the goal line and the midfield line just charge each other like rhinos just yeah. back. <laughs> refs like should I, do I send them off I just, they, seem, they both seem fine <laughs> they maybe, they just, maybe they're acting <laughs> um, one of my favourite things about the Zidane headbutt if you can call it favourite was <laughs> the way that a lot of people reacted after the game and you could tell that they weren't people that were sort of nerdy about football in the same way they were like oh what a, what a sad end what a sad yeah. what, a, what a sad end to his career it's so out of character it's like it was his 14th red card. It's not even the first time he'd been sent off and nutting someone. It's just, no, yeah. it wasn't out of character at all. Yeah. And again, it's a, it's a, it's an iconic ending, isn't it? Again, it's not mm. the one anyone would have chosen. No, and that, I remember the time thinking, oh, this, but it's, it's, he was a, a mercurial character yeah. and that's how you want a character like that yeah. to, to, to go out. I that think. famous shot of him walking away from the, down the tunnel with the World Cup in, in the yeah. foreground is a, one of the best football pictures just ever. Iconic, Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then to go on and do what he did as a manager with, with Madrid is just un, yeah. unprecedented. And it's absolutely amazing. So um, so you got yourself and Terry Herlock and to a degree Rob, Roberto Carlos shoring it up. Yep. Um, you've got Zidane presumably pulling the strings. I imagine you're, you're not playing, playing him at, at right back. No. Um, who have you got to, to top it all off up front? Well, obviously there's a lot of iconic attackers over the years. Cantona is, is someone that kept coming to mind. Everyone, mm. I, if you're if you're a fan of Zidane, you're going to be a fan of Cantona. They've yes. both got that skill and that madness, yes. the good and the evil in them. Um, obviously, being a Millwall fan, Teddy Sheringham mm. is one of the you know he's a legendary England striker and he he came from Millwall. It's yeah. Millwall. and he, the, he was. All-time top scorer for a while. He was. He he? was. And or him and Cascarino was my early years of the. They were the players that made us think that we could be the best. They Mm. were there when I've got in 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 the in the drawer at my dad's house. There's a photo of teletext when Millwall were top of of League (laughs) One, which was the top league at that point. We were top for one week, I think, and we took a photo of teletext. That's how (laughs) how old it was. But that was the. That era, but I think 
on on just to kind of annoy if you ever have any other Millwall fans on, there was only only a one player I could could pick, and he's he's the guy who took the throne of all time top goal scorer at Millwall, and he's most Millwall fans' favourite manager as well. It's Neil Harris. Yeah, that's... he's just again he's he's yeah he's Millwall th- through and through and. He, he he's an interesting character, Neil Harris, isn't he? Because, and I hope you won't headbutt me for this, but it seems that aside from Millwall, his career was actually very unremarkable. He was he seemed to be a journeyman everywhere but Millwall, where it really seemed to work for him, and it, it really sort of clicked into gear. That's going to be why he means so much, right? That yeah. thing of he's 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 ours with you and Terry in the team. Yeah, you're probably going to get that out of him as well. Yeah, 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 completely. And it was he's he's the first person I ever got starstruck with uh, when I was working in HMV Lakeside yeah. so at that point I'd met a load of bands and stuff like that I was, I'd go to, to, to a lot of gigs I was lucky enough to meet bands I never got nervous I was working on the till and someone handed me a, a CD and I looked up and it was Neil Harris and I stumbled so much I couldn't I never <laughs> let him know I knew who he was yeah. no one else in the in 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 all of Lakeside knew who he yeah. was but I was just absolutely lost for words but he's He's given me a moment that is one of my most eye-opening moments in my life. And for anyone, again, we were talking about the the perception of hooliganism and stuff like that in football in general. And people will often say that um, that it's 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 a bad atmosphere on the terraces and and things things like that. But when Neil Harris was at Millwall, I don't think he'd become our top goal scorer yet. Um, but he'd scored a load. I think at this point, oh no, it was before he'd left, he got a, a testicular cancer. Mm. And it was a massive deal, obviously. And Millwall said, look, we're going to support him. We're going to keep him on his contract. We're going to support the trust he set up and all this kind of thing. And he was out for a while and he battled that and he got over it. And then he came back from that. And I remember the game that he came back i think it was the game he came back it was it was it was it was, it was, it was one of the games he'd returned and he hadn't scored yet and there was a point where we had the ball in the box and in my memory at least three players had a tap in and yeah. they passed it and passed it and passed it until he was in position and then he scored and they picked him up on his shoulder on their shoulders and ran him over to the fans and the absolute emotion I'm mm. gen- genuinely welling up now I've kind of yeah. I've looked away a few times to try and compose <laughs> myself the genuine emotion of all these big rough South London guys in yeah. tears and so proud because their guy I said Neil Harris who w- was probably a journeyman anywhere else but yeah. our guy had got something so horrible he'd beaten it and then here he is he's scoring yeah at the den again for Millwall and there's, man there's, it's just it's 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 a beautiful hair beautiful standing thing, up isn't all it? that kind of yeah. but and also there's the physical toll that must take on yeah. your body to come back at all is is a really incredible thing and what a what a moment and this there's a wonderfully wonderfully Millwall thing about Neil Harris as well uh, do you know the origins of his nickname it was no. known as Bomber yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. it do you, know, do you know the origin no, of that no I don't think I do um so um apparently it was a reference to Sir Arthur Travers Harris uh, commonly known as Bomber Harris by the press, and he was Air, um, Air Officer Commanding-in-Chief RAF Bomber Command during the Second World War, which is so niche, <laughs> like so unbelievably <laughs> really niche. Is. How on earth has that, yeah. has that taken on? I love it. I love it. It's perfect though, right? Isn't it? And again, it suited him because, yeah, he was he was that that guy. I remember him and, and, and Cahill, when they were in the team mm. together, they would just run riot because people wouldn't be expecting people of their height and their stature to be getting headers, to be getting outside of the box goals, in like every kind of goal. They were both a threat from anywhere. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's perfect. That's always beautiful, isn't it? So, right, we got your first team. Um, but as we know, you, you also get a sub. Um, yes. Uh, so you've got some company uh, with someone who basically isn't a footballer. Yeah. Um, so who have you gone for for your for your final choice? Well, I wanted to go for an Essex boy, and there was recently um, in one of the Essex newspapers they did the top 
30 sexiest men in Essex and from Essex. Where did you and I feature? I, I got number 22. Ah. Um, but number 20 was someone I've had on the podcast and I've known him a while. Is a, a wrestler called Will Ospreay. I was furious he beat me. But, um, <laughs> but again, it was hilarious. Like Ron Weasley was number two. So it's, it's, it's yeah. really... It's no, I'm, I'm still not even in there. No one's Outrageous. got anything to be proud of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's Will Ospreay. He's a wrestler... When I had him on my podcast, um, I recorded it in Raynham in his mum's back garden. Um, like a, a, there's a costume room at the back that because they do like costumes and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was interviewing him the weekend before that. He was r- r- wrestling in the Tokyo Dome in Japan in front of I think that's a forty or sixty thousand capacity mm. venue. The Monday after that, he was. Um, mastic in a bathroom because he still worked for his dad's uh, <laughs> bathroom company wow or his uncle's i think it was and it was just like it's the, just the the most essex and most yeah. beautiful so and he's now he's grown to be arguably the, the biggest wrestler outside of the wwe or one of but the reason he fitted in the team is if you look him up on on youtube on twitter anywhere you will see he does things that i don't know how humans can do yeah. and that kind of it gave me that as it was when I picked Zidane that I came up with Osprey because it was that thing of mm. he'll just figure a way to make a ball do yeah. something that Roberto Carlos can't do. Zidane will be stepping back and yeah, going, yeah. oh my God. So what I, did I, he just do? Yeah. So I'm delighted to learn that he's from Raynham because that's my hometown. Yeah, yeah. Although that pushes me further down the pecking order of most successful people from there. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, as I said, I looked up, his, uh, looked up some, of, some of his stuff online and obviously, you know, it, seeing a high-flying wrestler is, 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 you know, we've all seen many of them and it's very, yeah. very impressive, but I completely agree with you. Some of the stuff, I've just never seen anything like it. There are, yeah. there are two or three more spins in there or a change of direction in a confusing way that is, uh, that is almost balletic. And he, he's, there's a few things I've seen him do uh, when I'm at a, at, at a wrestling event. I've seen him do live and I'm literally, I don't know how that happened. And the first one was the first time I saw him, he ran at someone and then he just r- r- ran up their chest and, and did a flip which was just mind-blowing you see it in kung fu movies yeah. but it's mad see but the one that i still don't really understand uh, there's a thing called a handspring so you run towards to, towards the ropes of the ring you put your hands on the floor you kind of do a handstand and bounce off them and then you might do a flip back you mm. basically go go back onto your feet he does that without putting his hands on the ground wow so it's a hand-free handspring. So nothing touches it's the ground. He just throws himself in the air and bounces off upside down and lands somehow back on his feet. And there's stuff like that. And there was one, as we recalled this, there's one that went um, was all over Twitter last week because he did this drop kick outside of the ring. And there's he's on the outside of the ring. There's a table and then he's put his opponent in a seat in the crowd. <laughs> And he does this drop kick where he just jumps over the table and gets the guy in the crowd. And it's the wrestling equivalent of Cantona at Palace yes. doing his flying kick. Maybe it's, it's like, a reference. It's, I genuinely thought, I, I looked, I sent it, it to a, f- a, a few mates and what the first person who saw it said, that's the Cantona kick. Yeah. I was like, well, there you go. He should call it the Cantona <laughs> kick from now on. But He does have a, a move called the, the Cheeky Nando's kick. He does the Cheeky Nando's I, kick. Which I cannot... I, I I could not love more. Yeah, I have to say though, um, I once fell down an escalator and I yeah. landed on my feet. So amazing. So you know, he and I probably got a lot in You've common. Lot probably of, quite it's, similar. It's probably the random thing. Yeah, yeah, it's something in the water. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, he is an incredibly talented athlete. This guy, but are you are you concerned that the rules of football would would uh, nullify a lot of his skill set? He can't be like putting his hands on people to sort of jump around them, or do you think he's got the athleticism to just basically do what he wants? That's it. I think it's. It's the athleticism element. The fact that so many of his moves involve like j- 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 jumping off of things that aren't there or jumping over things. I can imagine him being like when they do a bad football film where there's mm. someone, a martial arts person who's playing football <laughs> running around and <laughs> yeah. doing fl- fl- flips over every player. I can imagine him doing that in real life yeah. and just going, wow, how did how did that happen? If, if maybe the rather than sort of boards... The pitch had ropes. Yeah, then we'd really see the best of probably all of them. Um, so th- there we go. That, that's your picture for your fantasy five side team. Um, obviously, a really important thing is chemistry off the pitch as well. Yes. Um, do you, how do you feel that the, this this ragtag um, Motley crew would would get on in in the post match um, celebrations? Th- well, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you you win. Yeah, yeah. I think Herlock 
is enough of a Millwall legend that Neil Harris would love him. Yeah. Anyone who's played for Millwall or knows Millwall loves Neil Harris because of his stories. So I yeah. think they'd get on on great. I feel like Herlock and Howard as well would probably. Yeah. I think that would work a well. Of metalness to them again, both. there's a toughness. Oh, that's it. I think all of them have got a toughness. Even the top goal scoring attacker who beat testicular cancer. He's yeah. got that toughness there. And, and Zidane as the skill guy and Roberto Carlos has said he could strike a ball, but he could put in a tackle as well yeah. or he could just stand there and they'd, they'd run into this brick wall of a man so I think everyone would have that um, that element and uh, I've checked and I'm the tallest so yeah. I guess I may not have the toughness but I've got height so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll kind of I'll make sure I'm standing up a lot in the pub just to give yeah. that prowess to make them feel I'm I'm on their level so effectively Pip you've uh, you've very deliberately picked a team of thugs there. Yeah. So did you think this sort of stuff helps with Millwall's reputation? Exactly. It probably isn't that <laughs> helpful. But I genuinely think that all play together well. And I think, yeah, I've, I've basically, I've, I've, I've selected this team purely because of the aftermatch pint. It's yeah. just, I've chosen people I want to hang around with. Yeah. The it's balance like, is good on the pitch as well. It has to be said. Yeah. yeah. I think, I genuinely think that that all, all work well together and all get each other. I think, yeah. as said, anyone other than Zidane, who's as skillful as, as Zidane, Herlock could be looking down his nose at mm. as a as a as a fancy f- fancy, fancy Dan. yeah fancy, fancy Dan. exactly. So yeah, I think that works. Cool. Well, that is uh, that's all we've got time for. Before we go, is there anything you you, you like to plug? Anything you want to point to people in the direction? Not of? particularly. Obviously, my podcast is out every Wednesday. It's called Distraction Pieces. Um, I've had people from from sports, comedy, film, all sorts of stuff. But I also am one of the three editors of the Pod Bible, and the Pod Bible is a magazine that it recommends podcasts and mm-hmm. interviews podcasters. And we also do a Pod Bible podcast which is out every Monday and it's a 20 minute it's it's interviews podcasters about their podcast and the podcasts that they they love the way we describe it is it's the podcast podcast that talks to podcasters about podcasts about podcasts and podcasting um I got that a bit wrong but yeah it's it's 20 minutes and the idea is that it's a bite-sized kind of meal supplement rather than a replacement of any of your your diet and yeah it fits in that gap at the end of your journey where you Kind of, you finished a podcast. You're like, I don't really want to start another one, but I've got a bit of time left. So yeah, the Pod Bible magazine and podcast are both available online and in all good places. Brilliant. Well, that just leaves me to say, Scroobius Pips, thank you very much for coming on to Fantasy Five Sides, and um, you horrible lot. Um, I'll speak to you later. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. This was a Stakhanov production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.